Hello, and welcome to Bibleish, the podcast where it's Angela and Lily, but it's only Angela today. Again, some more. I am here to give our Lily a little reprieve. And I did want to say on both of our behalves, thank you for everyone who has written to send good wishes and support and concern for Lily. Um, I did chat with her today. She is taking some time to regroup and she found a lot of cranberries today. So I think uh, if any of you know her <laughs> from uh, this show or in other contexts, you'll know that probably means she is doing some good old nature healing. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to having her back for the show, hopefully for next episode. But we are going to give her time. And in the meanwhile, we're going to enjoy another relaunch, one of our I would say, I mean, definitely one of my favorite episodes. Today we are relaunching Jephthah and the Secret Girls Weekend. For those of you who haven't heard it yet, this is one of my favorite plot twist stories that the Bible has given us so far. I felt like just purely on a narrative level, this was one of my favorites. Um, and it also is a rare glimpse into the lives of women in the Bible, or maybe more accurately, not a glimpse into the lives of women, but a rare biblical moment of giving women space at all to do anything. <laughs> I am excited for you to either hear this for the first time or rehear it. So without further ado, please enjoy Jephthah and the Secret Girls Weekend, and we will look forward to seeing you next episode with something new. Because it's weird. Good thing I have the whole Bible memorized. Being really, really influential. Yeah, I'm just trying to influence, and that's my job. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. The thing I don't want about the way that influencers have to live is that I don't want to be tethered to social media because it gives me massive anxiety nowadays. <laughs> Same. Oh my God. <laughs> I will get like a almost panic attack if I post something and then I'm like, why? Why is this happening to me? And I need, I just won't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I jumped ship from Instagram like over the summer, maybe in like, July. You loved Instagram. Yeah, I have posted once in the past like five months. Wow. And I've also not even gone on it. That's the thing is that I'm like, it's not just about like, I'm scared to post. It's like, no, I can't even be. It's this like endless compulsion to doom scroll and see what other people are yeah. doing with their lives. And did, you, like, I, did you no. watch that documentary on Netflix about social media? I have not. They straight up at the end of the documentary just asked all these people they were interviewing who basically helped to create these social media sites and the algorithms that they use. They just straight up asked them if they would let their children use these platforms. They all said no. Whoa. And some of them even refused to use it themselves. Wow. They made it. What reasons did they cite? 
Well, you should watch it. I should watch it. There's many <sighs> there's many elements at play that are against us as individuals and as a society. Yeah. Well, on Sam, these platforms that are meant to help bring us together and celebrate individuality, it is destroying those two things. 100%. And like Sam of Lily and Sam um nope. <laughs> actually mentioned one <laughs> you know the one the one with the ring that you that you did the thing <laughs> and then you guys are together. Um uh years ago we were talking about this and he mentioned how there was a study that showed that like opening your social media and scrolling through it triggers the same part of the brain as gambling. Um yes. which is why it's literally addictive and it's some blah 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 smart person would know the word effect um <laughs> where you and that's the feeling that you get every time i scroll through social media every every swipe is like a new it's like you're spinning a blackjack table thing or whatever however that goes you don't spin blackjack <laughs> tables you, i think i think you're thinking of slots yeah that one <laughs> Roulette? Angela's a big gambler. Is <laughs> you, you can tell. Can tell. <laughs> I don't oh, even play Lord. scratchy lotteries. Hello and welcome to Bibleish, the podcast where we tell Bible stories. I'm Lily, and I'm Angela. And neither of us are religious experts, but we aren't here to tell you a moral. We're here to tell you a story. At Bibleish, we're serving up equal parts epic tale summary, and drunk literary analysis. We are definitely not here to preach, so get ready to hear these stories in a brand new way. Also, we don't do these stories in order, but if you'd like to access a sequential list of the episodes, join our Patreon for as little as a dollar. Our patrons are the amazing people that help keep this show going every month, and we want to say thank you so much to everyone who supports us there. This week is... An unplanned story An unplanned we weren't expecting to tell we you. Expecting to tell you. <laughs> Before I go more into this surprise episode, surprise! I have a question for you, Angela. What a a surprise question! Hmm. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. You get to go on a two-month trip with mm. all of your girlfriends. Yes, ladies. <laughs> Where do you go and what do you do? Oh my god, 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 oh my god. Um you're like too excited to answer, even just about the prospect of seeing <laughs> yeah. people in general, let alone your friends. <laughs> I know, it's very overwhelming. Um so the thing is, I have, I have a yearning both for like metropolitan experiences and also jungle exploring. So, for oh my example, goodness! Okay. Also, I'm trying to think of like my friends. <laughs> like, if I was like Lily, we're gonna go to this one city for two months. You'd be like snooze. But if I'm like Lily, no, listen, we're they go can to the city, <laughs> and then we're gonna go to the jungle. <laughs> They can all go. This is not you trying to plan a affordable, convenient trip for your friends. Like, 
Oh no, 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 no. I just mean like, it's, it's a thing. It's like, what do I, it's partially, what do I want to experience? And then partially, what do I want to experience with people? So Mm -hmm. for, I think for one, I have always wanted to meet elephants, but I don't just mean like meet one, one time at a zoo or something. I mean, I want to like live in a place where I get to take care of elephants every day for like a week. Okay. So like a elephant sanctuary in Thailand or something. A hundred percent. I already have one bookmarked in real life. Okay. Um, (laughs) Of course you do. So I'm like, I would like for part of the trip to be something like that, where there's like a, like Thailand is one of the first places that came to mind, but I would also really like to spend some time in London and also Paris. Oh, I love that. I love that journey for you. Thank you. It's a literal (laughs) journey. (laughs) Cause I also feel like there's places I would also maybe want to like go to Indonesia or somewhere that that's like that. My family is from like generations living in Indonesia. So in that, the reason I was trying to consider like, who am I bringing with me is because I'm like, that would be so cool to get to experience that part of myself with the people that I'm closest with. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Um, what would your two month gal pal vacation look like? Oh, I uh, would want to go to New York, which sounds silly because I lived there for so long, but fuck you, I'm going and you're already there. You're going. (laughs) I wasn't even judging. I would go during Pride Month, cap it off with a mandatory dress up for the Mermaid Parade. Mm-hmm. My happiest mm-hmm. day. Yes. And then I think I would want to go wander the English moors and pretend we're all Bronte sisters. Oh my Lily, that's so on brand. <laughs> I love Party. that. Um, so the next part of my question is, what if I told you that this is the last thing you'll ever do? Whoa. Does that change your answer at all? Yeah. Does it? How? Because <sighs> I think I would also want to spend time... So when you first ask the question, I'm like, what are all the places I want to go see in the world and like do all the things? Um, But then if it's the last thing I'll ever do, I still would like the like Thailand, Indonesia experience, but I think I'd rather end the trip at home. Like I would rather end, like bring everyone to like, my aunt's farm, which is like one of the most special places. Yes, it is the most special place. I can speak from experience. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, love her. Very... Love that. I Yeah, that's yeah. an interesting shift. All right. Yeah. Because I, I think it's a thing of like comfort and also like that's the place that I – I guess when you say it's the last thing I'll ever do, I'm like, so then I'm going to die, I guess. <laughs> like That's mm-hmm. where I would, I would, I would want to like soak up the most of that, that I can. Yeah. All right. Let's get into this. <gasps> last week 
I hinted that we would probably be finishing up Deuteronomy. But that means we have to say goodbye to Moses. As much as I like putting a bow on things, I got very invested in the bow. And Moses, obviously. (laughs) There's a poem called The Song of Moses in the final portion of that book. And our listeners know we're not afraid to sing a poor translation of a Bible song or make up our own. (laughs) But I wanted to do something special. So we're going to wait on that until our super exciting potential artist collaboration is ready for you guys. Yes, I'm so excited. So yeah, after I finished all of my notes for Moses's funeral, I realized we would have to be doing something else instead. <laughs> if it's, I wanted, it's fine. It's like it's like when the Times writes a celebrity's obituary before they're dead. They just <laughs> you just keep it on file. Yes, it's on file <laughs> for when Moses actually dies. Yeah. (laughs) So get excited for that because we're excited. But now also get excited for this. It's not a throwaway story, you guys. I got you. Because this is also awesome. Because this is also (laughs) awesome. So Angela, what do I usually do when I don't know what to do? Judges! (laughs) (laughs) I was like, uh... Get a bottle of wine? (laughs) (laughs) You wacky, wacky book of oddballs. What do you have for us this time? The story of Jephthah. Jephthah? Jephthah. Jephthah. (laughs) J-E-P-H-T-H-A-H. Jephthah. Jephthah. So many consonants. It's really just going to stump me every time I say it. I'm going to have to say it a lot. So get ready for that. (laughs) We have done episodes from Judges before. Just to put this book into perspective for any of our new listeners, the book of Judges covers a transitional period of ups and downs for the people of Israel. It's mostly downs. It's the post-Moses, pre-Kings period of their history, a long period of time in which the Israelites win a battle, become corrupt, get attacked, get saved by a prophet of sorts, become corrupt again, lose a battle, enter back into servitude, get saved by a prophet of sorts, win a battle, and repeat. (laughs) Rinse and repeat. We've got Othniel, Ehud, Shamgar, the badass Deborah, Lil Giddy, as we call him here on our show, and Abimelech. Yeah, Deborah. So is that coming back to you now? Yeah, it's all coming back to me now. I'd like to now introduce you to Jephthah. But first, I've got two shamgars. What's a shamgar, you ask? (laughs) It's a term we use starting now to describe someone who was important enough to make it into the Bible, but only as a brief honorable mention. Just like Shamgar, there are two people I have to quickly mention just so that we can cover all our bases uh, before I get into the story of Jephthah. Okay. And I can read them to you because they're legit like two sentences long. Oh, my goodness. Okay. (laughs) Just just like imagining whoever was like, uh, what was that guy's name? 
Mm. Oh, right. What did he do? Oh, right. Okay, yeah. So he was a person. Anyway, as I was saying. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's a sham guard. Yeah. (laughs) So, Tola. After the time of Abimelech, a man of Iskar, Tola, son of Pua, the son of Dodo, rose to save Israel. He lived in Shamir in the hill country of Ephraim. Ephraim? Ephraim. I like Ephraim. I'm going with it. He led Israel 23 years, then he died. Yair. He was followed by Yair of Gilead, who led (laughs) Israel 22 years. He had 30 sons who rode 30 donkeys. They controlled towns in Gilead, which to this day are called Havoth Yair, where Yair died. The end. (laughs) And that's that about those guys. Okay, but that's really a shame because I really want to hear more about the The tribe of brothers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a frustrating mode of transport. I really do try to mention as much as I can in these episodes, so I don't want to make you think that um, Tola and Yair are not in the Bible. Because they are. Real quick, but they are. (laughs) Honorable mentions. We begin for realsies. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Baal and Asherah are really hard gods to shake. And Asherah (laughs) used used to be worshipped alongside him as his female counterpart. They're still very prevalent in their culture and religion and pretty much the fuel behind most of the conflict in this book. Because they were being judgy. At this portion, anyway. (laughs) Judges judging everybody. Being judgmental. (laughs) So the Israelites started worshipping them Again, and God got mad again. He sent the Ammonites and Philistines to crush them. That's a quote. Again, and the Israelites find themselves in the servant class again. See, I told you it's cyclical. (laughs) Again and again. (laughs) They become very distressed and cry out to the Lord. We have sinned against you. Forsaking our God and serving the balls. <laughs> God is not moved. He has heard this song and dance before and he is sick of it. It has been playing on heaven's radio nonstop since Egypt. He is over it. <laughs> All these people I mentioned to you before who are in this book were sent slash activated by God as a response to their people's pleas. Moses is included in that, so he has already sent almost 10 people to save them. To err is human, but to repeat the same error in a 20 to 40 year sequential pattern is just plain obnoxious. <laughs> They're, they are at this moment, Britney Spears sitting in her burnt down home gym being like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> We're like, again, Britney, what are you up to now? 
There is no excuse. I know we've heard a lot of different laws in our previous episodes, but condemning the worship of idols has always been highlighted, underlined, and emboldened. After obey my commands and don't eat this, it was pretty much his first ask. That's the whole book. This whole book is about I'm the God. Yes. (laughs) Even before the Ten Commandments were the Ten Commandments, it was listen to me. I'm the God. Don't put that in your mouth. (laughs) Stand up. Stop putting that in your mouth. (laughs) I'm God. (laughs) as much as angela and i love us some asherah it's even annoying for us to read retell in here so imagine how god felt going through it again this whole debacle inspired a thought in my brain head oh (laughs) thought i to myself is that why they hate women so much yeah, it's like they keep bringing up his ex. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh my God, remember Asherah? She was great. How's she doing? Do you talk to her still? No, Asherah is the worst. <laughs> I don't talk to her anymore, okay? I'm not telling you why. And neither should you because you were my friends first. <laughs> <laughs> I made you member. They're like, yeah, but didn't she make us too? And he's like, smite. <laughs> smite, smite, smite. Stop talking about her. She's blocked. (laughs) So let me explain what I mean. Based off of what we've read, it can be considered customary warfare practice for the Israelites to slaughter men and children during a siege. Women, based off necessity and desirability, are up for grabs. Foreign women. Women from different cultures and creeds. There is this odd dualism in the Bible when it comes to marrying foreign women. On one hand, there are allegories and metaphors encouraging separatism. On the other hand, there are instructions on how to marry a foreign woman. Mm. None of them include conversion. So now... They have all these women who are too hot to kill entering into their households and they worship other gods, their own gods from their own cultures and their own motherland. They are traumatized and saddened by the loss of their people. Just like the Israelites, they cry out to them, sacrifice to them, perform sacred prostitution in the temples to worship them. Just like in the story of Solomon, some of them maybe even convinced their spouses to do the same, or may have told their children the mythology of their own religions. Whoa, Lily. That makes women, at least foreign women, a threat. It makes their husbands liable. Now, maybe in a religion that is more inclusive, like the ones they came from, for example, they could have played an active role when it came to legislation and worship, but not in this one. By law, They were expected to be treated as other members of the household they join. And as we've read, it was not forced. But there is a drastic difference between the roles male and female household members play. Hmm. So in summary, I believe part of the reason 
there is an element of distrust surrounding women was because of these intermarriages and the potential religious threat they introduced. Dude, cracking the code. Just an idea for my brain head. Yeah, though, also. like Yeah, that's what I said. And it also, I'm like having this sense that it also makes non-foreign women even more, what's the words that I want? Subject to oppression because they're like. They have somewhat different expectations, at least less of an excuse to not obey. Yes. Yeah. Where they're like, well, you were born in this house, so you have to follow these rules. And they're like, but the foreign women. And they're like, no. Yeah. You don't get to. And they're like, she's making a maypole. And they're like, well. (laughs) That looks like fun, though. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. She's naked outside and nobody cares. She's celebrating her body. Yes. And it's disgusting. Let's leave. (laughs) Yeah. Don't look at her. But actually, you leave. I'll stay. (laughs) I'll make sure it doesn't get worse. (laughs) (laughs) Not much of what I just said has to do with this story, so I'll move on. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just felt like sharing. I just felt like sharing. That's fascinating. God is ignoring them for worshiping other gods again, but this time (laughs) they say, okay, do with us what you will, but please consider saving us. Hmm. Then they got rid of all their idols and worshipped God exclusively. He was, of course, moved by this because he told them all to go pray to their little balls and poles to ask them for help, (laughs) but they refused by doing this. I can't. I can't. Yeah, well, you go pray to your little balls and see what happens. (laughs) one one day the ammonites came by to fight for their land back they camped in gilead to ready for war and the israelites came out to mizpah to make a plan of attack on their own without their god so it was not a very well thought out plan The leaders got together and said, okay, whoever launches an attack will be the head of anyone who's still alive afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Good plan, guys. Good plan. Jephthah, Jephthah. It's the worst name. It it, it kind of reminds me of Josh. <laughs> Josh. Josh. <laughs> he just so happened to be a mighty warrior. His father was also fairly well known in Gilead. His name was Gilead. Oh, well, that makes sense. Gil- <laughs> <laughs> it's like if I was just called New York. yeah it's a place name not a namesake like when people name their kids dallas and dakota (laughs) some biblical scholars also believe it could have meant average guy from 
<laughs> He's so average it would be Joe. like it would be like saying a New Yorker. <laughs> My dad, the New Yorker. <laughs> oh, poor guy. He doesn't even have a real name. <laughs> His mother was also fairly well known. In bed. <laughs> she was a prostitute. Between the sheets. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Damn. <laughs> okay, so literally. <laughs> yeah, she was a literal Amazing. prostitute. So when Jephthah's <laughs> brothers grew up, they drove him out of the house, not wanting any inheritance to go to their brother from another mother. Hmm. Jephthah fled from his brothers to the land of Tob, where he was surrounded and followed by a group we haven't heard from in a while. Ooh. The group of adventurers. <laughs> uh, what? Wait, when were they from? I forget the first time we talked about the adventure group. I couldn't find the phrase in a search online in the version I'm reading because different phrasing was used. But I okay. do recall having to remind both of us to not get too excited. Oh. As epic and Arthurian it may be to be adopted by a group of people on an adventure, they were actually <laughs> <laughs> they were actually scoundrels and thieves. Oh. The last time I mentioned them, it may have been from the story of Abimelech. I believe said person had the means to hire them as mercenaries for his cause. Okay. But Jephthah was not so well off on account of his lack of inheritance and all. Yeah. And I guess he just got away or fought them with his warrior skills because they're not mentioned again. The scroll writer just okay. wanted you to know he wasn't like, oh, beautiful Tob, land of opportunity. Why didn't I come here before? It was a different and dangerous exile. Got it. Got it. Got it. But it's kind of like this. It's kind of like the scroll writer was like, and then he ran into pirates. So the next day, like. Yeah. And you're like, wait. <laughs> Then what happened? And they're like, don't worry about it. So as anyway, <laughs> anyway <laughs> all this family drama happened before the Ammonites waged war on them. So Jephthah is in Tob and his people are back in Gilead wondering how the heck they'll win this war. The elders decide it might be a good idea to seek out this warrior they've heard so much about, the one who fled to Tob and maybe fought off a group of scoundrel pirate adventurers single-handedly. Or they just decided to leave him alone, but he can tell the story however he wants. <laughs> they leave to go find Jephthah. Well, 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 he said upon their arrival, if it isn't the people who didn't stand up for me at all, even though what my brothers did was super illegal. What the heck do you want? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also. <laughs> The elders know they are beyond asking favors, so they tell him of the offer that was made, that whomever leads an attack can lead them all, or whoever's left in their retreat. 
Unless you die, and then you just did it for nothing. You can be the president of the retreat if you do this. (laughs) (laughs) What if I win, asks Jephthah. Will I get to lead all of you? Mm. Sure, says the elders. If you win, you'll get to lead all of us. Lord is our witness. Even though that'll never happen. (laughs) psych so Jephthah returned with them to lead the army of Gilead but instead of leading a charge he writes the king of the Ammonites a letter why are you attacking us send (laughs) (laughs) are you joking the king responds the people of Israel took huge swaths of our land When they came out of Egypt, I'd like for you to acknowledge that by returning it to us peacefully. Send. (laughs) Jephthah has a very long response that I will summarize. Nuh uh. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, he says that a lot of that land that the king mentioned was taken through injustices and being denied passage on their journey when they intended to be peaceful. He also mentions that they've been at war with each other in these contested lands for like 300 plus years. So why now? Oh my God. Then he tops it off by saying that returning the land would be denying a gift from his God, which he is not about to do. Ooh. Send. Yeah, I've I've gotten a text that long before, and it could have just said "nah," but he made some good points. It yes, he did. It although long, it was actually a very well worded, non threatening explanation that he fully expected an equal response to. Mm. Maybe they would all get to begin a new chapter. Listeners, that did not happen. The opposing army advanced, and then God basically turned Jephthah into a sleeper soldier, like River in the Firefly movie. God possessed him, and he just freaking charges right out there. When he comes to, he's face to face with the Ammonite army and prays to God. He says that if God delivers this army to him, He will sacrifice the first thing he sees when he gets home as a burnt offering. And Jephthah is victorious. He returns home and his daughter, his one and only daughter. No. His only child comes running out of the house, dancing to tambourines, making her very obviously the first thing he sees. Oh, no. She dances out like, yay, daddy, you're the best. I knew you could do it. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> and he's like, oh, look over there. A stick. Oh, wow. That's the first thing Better I Better throw that on the fire. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. This I is your stick it. now, God. Thank you for helping. Ta-da! 
<laughs> oh, what are you doing here, Leslie? I did not see you at all. <laughs> or hear you. <laughs> Thank God you weren't the first thing that I noticed. <sighs> Jephthah falls to his knees and begins to sob. He tears his clothes and explains to his daughter what he now must do. She begins to cry too because now she will never marry, which is a good indication of where male scribes think our values and priorities lie. Like, oh no, I'm going to die? That only upsets me because I can't get married now. Because what about boys? (laughs) (laughs) No more boys? Oh no, I'm so upset because boys. I love boys, and now I'll never have any of them. I live for boys. I should just (laughs) kill myself now. Oh, no. She begins to weep and asks her father for one request. Boys. That she be allowed to go into the hills for two months and weep with her girlfriends. Oh, no boys allowed even. Yeah. He grants her her last request, and she returns after two months to become a burnt offering to God. Abraham, as you definitely remember, was also asked by God to do the same. But this time, God did not stop him. Isaac was Abraham's firstborn son, and she was a nameless firstborn daughter. The last thing that is said of her is she was a virgin because that's the best thing a female in the Bible can be. She wasn't married, but she was a virgin. So she lived her best life. Marriage is what they think women want to be. Virgins is what they think God wants us to be. (laughs) Pretty much. Oh, no. That's so sad. (sighs) Yeah. This incident did begin a tradition where the young women of Israel go out of town for four days to commemorate her. Hmm. I tried to look up more information about this, but all I could find was Nada. And I was like, of course. Because that was the tradition of leaving town to go have your period in a hut. So (laughs) calling, (laughs) calling all Jews. If you have more information about this, we would very much like to know. Is it a different thing or is it the same thing? And they were just trying to justify it and make it sound endearing and fun. Or was it fun? And the whole time they were in the hills like, LOL, they think we're sitting in the hut right now, la la la, clink. Yeah, just popping champagne and being like, period time, who brought Exactly, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it would be a lot of crying. I'm just going to put that out there. It'd be a lot of feelings and a lot of processing. And you know what? That could be very good. I'm not, I'm not knocking it. Yeah. (sighs) Just sounds intense. Anyway, the men of Ephraim, Ephraim, how did I want to say it? Ephraim. The men of Ephraim were irritated with Jephthah for fighting the Amorites on his lonesome, because not only does it make 
them look bad, it disqualifies them from receiving any benefits from victory. Remember, whoever led the army gets to lead the people. This altercation happened before with Lil Giddy in the Army of 300 Weirdos. Mm. And just like Lil Giddy, Jephthah was annoyed because they had their chance. The elders came to him as a last resort. Yeah. The men of Ephraim tell him that they are going to, and I quote, burn your house over your head. Oh, wow. Cozy. He pretty much responds, absolutely not, and calls the people of Gilead, who he now leads, to fight them. What? They were successful and received a choice piece of land through their victory. The land of the people of Ephraim had a river crossing in it that geographically made it kind of your only option for crossing. Guards were placed along the riverbank, and if any surviving Ephraimians wished to ford the river, they had to make it past the guards, who would ask them if they were an Ephraimite, to which they would smartly respond, No. (laughs) No. No, never. Then definitely not. (laughs) <laughs> Ephraim Ramian. Ephraim who? I have, I don't know her. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they would then be asked to say the word Shibboleth, a word that the people of Ephraim could, for whatever reason, not pronounce. Hilarious. <laughs> right? <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, not so funny. Not so funny is the fact that 42,000 people were killed for not being able to say shibboleth. Oh my god. Shib- because if shib- you can't if you can't pronounce it, you get murdered on the spot. Dang. World's worst spelling bee. <laughs> and what if you're what if you're an Israelite with a speech impediment? It's not like anymore. They all had one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I found it a little petty, especially after not being provided safe passage was one of Jephthah's justifications for war. Yeah. So mm. not a good look. Chrissy. The death of these 42,000 people occurred within a span of six years, which is how long Jephthah ruled before he died and was buried in Gilead, the place, not his dad. (laughs) (laughs) Fun fact I'll leave. (laughs) Fun fact I'll leave you with. Shibboleth means tradition or custom, but because of this story, there is now an added meaning. The added meaning is a word that sets a group of people apart. So like pop or oofta would be mine. They are words that belong to my group of people, the Minnesotans. (laughs) (laughs) If the guards if the guards at the river had a can of Coke and asked me what type of drink it is, I would be dead if they were expecting me to say soda. 
Dang. Do you have a shibboleth? A hundred percent. It's hoagie. 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 I I said it with an added Philly accent, but definitely. Well, having grown up in Long Island and New Jersey and Pennsylvania and then lived in New York, I am fluent in the art of long sandwiches. (laughs) Because... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so they'd hold it up and I'd be like, that's a Subway sandwich. And they'd be like, no, it is hoogie. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hoogie. Or if you like were in Long Island, they'd probably say it was a sub. Or if you're in some other place, some people call them a grinder. I think Boston. Those people are weird. I know. I I know. But I'm just saying long sandwiches are contentious and that would absolutely be a shibboleth. <laughs> <laughs> wait so So, the the added meaning so it's kind of like the word as a whole to me in a sort of abstracted way then implies that tradition is a thing that sets you apart or mm -hmm. like those two meanings have now merged yeah fascinating i also would like to note that we have now made it past the number 40 because something happened that was 42 now. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> yeah, you can count past 10,000. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, we made you it up guys, to 42,000. They're getting girls. really technologically advanced <laughs> over here. So, <laughs> really random. I was, speaking of social media problems... I was scroll, scroll, scrolling through Facebook once I finished editing my notes for this episode. And you know those random ad for music singles that pop up and you're like, um, who even is this? And do (laughs) you even know me, Facebook? Yes. (laughs) I usually just keep scrolling, but something really stood out to me about this one. I ended up watching it. It was a music video from a Welsh artist named... Marina Diamandis for a song she wrote called Man's World. And some of the lyrics are stars in my hair running like a waterfall clouds in the whites of our eyes. We saw it all burnt me at the stake. You thought I was a witch centuries ago. Now you call me a bitch. Mother nature's dying. Nobody's keeping score. I don't want to live in a man's world anymore. The world that you live in ain't the same one as them. So don't punish me for not being a man. The visuals, the music video were inspired by a neoclassical artist who works with bright colors and these LGBTQs and femmes are just dancing around some arid hills with their vibrant chiffons blowing in the wind, swaying back and forth, holding cocktails and posing next to fruit. (laughs) I cannot. My, My jaw dropped and I immediately started to research the inspiration behind this song because it was her. I swear to you, it was Jephthah's daughter and her friends in the hills, not crying, but singing, dancing, and raging. It was exactly how I pictured it in my head when I read it, and it was just so odd that it came to me when it did. 
That's so check crazy. it out. I swear, I fully thought it was straight up this story. In reality, I was like hyper projecting, but <laughs> it it was still curiously well timed. Can you do oh, me a favor and check it out? Uh, yes, I most certainly can. We won't make our listeners wait through you listening to the song, but I'd like your reaction just so you can see what I saw now that you know this story. But you want me to like literally look at it right now? Yeah. Okay. It's not even necessarily a good song. I know there's a lot of very devoted fans of hers. I'm not telling you that you all need to listen to this song because it's so amassing, but it's like it just was oddly exactly how I pictured them in the hills. Yeah. Okay. I'm playing it. You're basically just watching it for mostly the imagery, some of the lyrics. Interesting. Yeah, literally, it's just like a bunch of femmes, like, living their yeah. best life freely in the hills, taking selfies, <laughs> playing music. Yeah. Looking colorful as heck. Yeah. Being freaking fed up of the world they have to live in. Yeah. Being like, we will create our own then. Thank you. Because it just, it really did bother me. And I know he made a promise to God, not knowing what he would have to sacrifice. Yeah. But it just really did bother me that God didn't stop him. Yeah. A hundred percent. Oh yeah, I'm gonna watch. I, honestly, I'm gonna finish watching the rest of that because it's kind of delightful. I mean, I 100 percent see also why that would have freaked me out if I saw that after having worked. I on this know. Story, I would have been so freaked out. I was it, freaked out. I was like, "Is somebody watching me and making?" Yeah, well, they are, and also, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but also, all this imagery, the hills, like the just like ancient vibes of like fruits and burning at the stake and like flowy like outfits and i love the reference to the uh the creation of man painting with like all their like they're putting their hands in the sun like creating a new world it's really beautiful it is really beautiful and it's just exactly how i pictured them and it freaked me out that's amazing yeah (laughs) She's like, Dad, I'm taking the cocktail shaker. (laughs) Okay, but I'm going to like leave for two months. And then can I just say. Yeah. Can I just say. Say. I don't think she came back a virgin. Because listen, if it was me, (laughs) if it was me, I wouldn't have. It's also a little sus that that's the last thing she said. Or the last thing that was said about her. <laughs> I know. I might have slept with everyone there. I just like. It, 100%. <laughs> and how would they even know it was all the ladies? Yeah. They don't listen like, to them anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. They're like, ladies can't be doing sex. Oh, yeah. No, she uh, she definitely made the most of those two months. I mean. Definitely. They're like, oh, she went to go weep for two months straight. No. 
No, she did not. And why do you think she wanted to be in isolation? For many complicated reasons that you can't even comprehend. Yeah, she definitely was like crying, like all the way walking out of town and got to the edge of the forest and was like, okay, anyway. Uh, okay, so bitches. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, who brought the cigarettes? Who brought like, the vodka? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, they would have her back. Someone would be like, I have the cheese plate. Someone else would be like, I got the cranberry juice. Someone else would be like, I have this well set up bowl of fruit. Yeah, exactly. Let's go get the Hut girls to join us. Yes. <laughs> Let's roll up on the Hut and be like, they won't know you're not in it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the Hut girls would have been like, wait a minute. You're right. No one else. Yeah, why sure. haven't we been doing this the whole time? And then it began the tradition of women from Israel leaving for four days to commemorate her. In the yeah. way that the males of their civilization thought they were. And they were not. <laughs> I can tell you, they were not. She did not cry for two months straight. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's be honest. She did not cry for two months. Additionally, yeah. They basically were just like, everyone thinks they're commemorating her by like going to the woods to cry and have their periods. And they're like, no, we're commemorating the best secret party ever. Yeah. And they're like, Oh my God, women are so emotional. They're like I have to do this every month. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm going to have to take time off this week. And they're, they're in the Hills, like chug, 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 <laughs> burn the patriarchy. <laughs> 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 they come back and they're like, I feel better now. And they're like, yeah, yeah. That. <laughs> yes, that is how I pictured those two months going down. I'm, I'm glad you see it now too. Oh, yeah, a hundred percent. Also, girls trip. Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> Let's go to the elephant sanctuary. Then we'll hop on over. Uh, oh, then we'll go to London because you want to see London. Then we'll go to the Morris because that's what I want to see. Then we'll go to your aunt's house. Perfect. I love this plan, Lily. And then we'll make your aunt come to the mermaid parade to top it all off. I would live for a magical finale. Oh my God. I would live for that. I also just can't wait to sing creepy songs on the moors with you. Uh, yes. P.S. Uh, when we're dead and we come back as ghosts because we've already made that deal and I'm holding you to it. Mm -hmm. Um, can we go to the moors together dead as well? Cause I think that's a perfect place for ghosts. I feel like it'd be crowded. Probably. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Valid. Valid. You know, I didn't like lines when I was alive anyway, so I'm not trying to like <laughs> wait in line to get into the moors when we're dead. <laughs> the hottest club for ghosts. <laughs> Listen, if you want to stand on the edge of the cliff as an apparition, you're going to have to get in line. <laughs> Kate Bush has been here for 80 years and she won't leave. <laughs> Heathcliff, it's me, it's Kathy, I've come home, I'm so cute. That's the only song they play there. <laughs> that would quickly turn to hell. Anyway, that's the story of Jeff the... Jeff the... Oh, Jeff the... Oh, Jeff the... <laughs> 
Oh man, what a bummer. Um, that's a bummer about that whole situation, except I'm really happy that uh, she got that two month ladies adventure. And you know what? I know. Good that's for what her. I'll take with me. <laughs> that's the big takeaway from this story. Yeah. She got to have a rager in the hills. Yeah. As should we all. Thank you so much for telling me that story, Lily. You're so welcome, Angela. Thank you for listening. And thank you to all of our listeners for listening. Doing listening so good. (laughs) (laughs) If you have enjoyed the listening and you would like to support the show, we are on a mission to continue growing our listenership, (laughs) the ship of listeners. Um, We're building a listener's arc. That's how I'm going to refer to our Patreon from now on. This is the listener's the, arc. Get on two by two. For, here first, folks. <laughs> Speaking of, we have a Patreon where our fabulous and so supportive patrons give us a donation every month to support the show and support our lives <laughs> making the show. And you can join too if you go to patreon.com slash Biblish podcast. What's in it for you, you ask? Being an exclusive member of our VIP club, getting all of the exciting news first, and also, depending on what level you join, getting some super fun Bible-ish swag. So go to patreon.com slash Bible-ish podcast, and for as little as a dollar a month, you can be part of all that fun stuff too. And you can also reach out to us with any Questions or comments you have on our email, biblishpodcast at gmail.com. I did it. I did it. (laughs) For anyone who's new to the show, that's a feat. Lily, (laughs) for three years now, (laughs) has said various versions of contact and maybe that's why we don't get a lot of emails no wonder hardly anyone (laughs) reaches out (laughs) you can reach out to us at biblishgmail.podcast at net yes biblishpodcast at gmail.com let us know if you have any questions if you have any requests for things you want us to cover on the show we are always excited to hear from people Um, so send us a little message and as always we we I know now (laughs) I spent all my energy on the email We aren't here to mock or glorify the Bible. We are just two modern-day ladies trying to throw a rager in the hills for two months straight. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening. Like and subscribe. Hit that bell icon to get notified. I can't even. I don't know how to be a YouTuber. Ding, ding. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Just find a bell and ring it. (laughs) Goodbye.